As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their reserve collection, CBD gummies with 5 milligrams of THC. The Reserve Collection is a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold. The Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Reserve Collection gummies. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. A place where you can send your questions is questions at drhoffman.net. Or, if you prefer to call in and record your question, call 877-726-8255. Or repeat, 877-726-8255 anytime. For the Intelligent Medicine Radio Show, which is heard Saturdays from noon to 2 p.m., Check your uh, local listing for times because it uh, may appear at a different time in your uh, in your area. Uh, if you record a question, that will become grist for the mill for our weekly radio program. Uh, I just want to mention that we talk a lot about supplements. Uh, check out our full script dispensary where you can find a wide variety of supplements. And these days, you've got to be a little careful because if you're Type in the name of the supplement, and it comes up on your Google. Uh, it may direct you to a sketchy site Yes, where there are counterfeits. Uh, there are products that have been sent around for too long. There's a lot of shoplifting, and so some people may shoplift products that uh, they And a lot beyond, of dumpster diving. Beyond the expiration <laughs> level. Yeah, because yeah. They're, they're expired products, yes. frankly. Yes. And so, you know, got to be careful. But they're getting for nothing and trying to sell, yeah. trying to get over. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. what, you know, we used to do. We, we used to have to go sometimes through a dispensary, and we'd have to literally throw things out. Yeah. Now, yeah. some people might find them and try and resell them. Yeah. You know, that's when I mm-hmm. operated a dispensary. I think Fullscript has uh, sufficient turnover and controls not to have a lot of excess. And if they do, they have to unfortunately destroy some of their inventory. Sure. Uh, but, you know, that's uh, the way that you can rely on high-quality supplements that are fully vetted. And they're the very same supplements that I prescribe to our patients. Yes. Uh, I order from Fullscript myself, fast, easy. As do I. Uh, secure yep. delivery. Mm-hmm. So, uh, drhoffmanstore.com is the place to go for Fullscript, drhoffmanstore.com. All right, you have, we have a very interesting question. We do, from Alan. Alan is 76 years old. Can a, can a long-term 15-year high level of vitamin D supplementation, which is 4,000 IU daily, lead to a significant coronary artery calcium deposit? He, his score is 465. 20 years ago, it was a zero. His blood vitamin D level is 52, mm-hmm. and his calcium level is in the normal range. Mm-hmm. He has excellent cholesterol triglycerides, exercises daily, does resistance training, Mediterranean diet, very little alcohol, you know, stress test was benign, all of this other kind of thing. He's just wondering if this long-term intake of vitamin D is causing this coronary 
uh, uh, calcium score. Are you taking vitamin K with your vitamin D? Question number one. Well, let's go even before we get to that. Yeah. Uh, the, the vitamin D has a duality of effects on the arterial wall. Is that mm -hmm. optimal levels of vitamin D protect the arterial wall, yeah. according to some studies. But you can induce calcium deposition in your kidneys especially and in your arterial wall and sometimes in your tissues of your body by massively overdosing on vitamin D. Yeah. That would be like taking, you know, 50,000 international units a, a day for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, so the, the upper limits of safety are said to be 5,000. We have some patients taking 10,000 mm -hmm. uh, and they still have normal levels of vitamin D and they don't come to any harm. Yeah. So why it might make sense that vitamin D can cause calcium deposition is because vitamin D assists calcium absorption. Yes. And so you can, with too much vitamin D, get hypercalcemia. The body can't get rid of the calcium. It deposits metastatically in the yeah. body, throughout the body, including the arterial wall, and that's a problem. But... Uh, that you, you have to kind of work at it to get that. To really, so exactly. with this guy, uh, something is missing from the equation. Everything seems fine, and for some reason out of the blue, he seems to be getting atherosclerosis. Uh, I bet that with a real deep dive into his risk factors, we might find something like an elevated LPA or yes. a highly sensitive C-reactive protein or high homocysteine or an ApoB. Exactly. He only mentions his lipid profile. Which is... A cursory look at risk factors. Right. So, but what this also illustrates is that un, some people who have all these good things going for them can develop atherosclerosis. Sure. So, sure. I even did an article about how an HDL that's very high is not necessarily protective sometimes. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. as to your point about vitamin K, that's a good point because when you take vitamin D, uh, what does vitamin K do? Vitamin K helps to redirect the calcium to the bones. Primarily away from some, the arteries, so away it, from the arteries. Dual effect. It, mm -hmm. it goes to where it should go, yeah, and it keeps away from where it shouldn't. Yeah, be. and that's why vitamin K is so important for keeping the coronary arteries clear and for bone health. Mm -hmm. That's been the missing thing in so much osteoporosis treatment. Not an adequate look at vitamin K. Yep. So we're talking primarily K two is what we're talking about more than anything. So Alan, get your lipoprotein A, little a checked, your homocysteine, your high sensitivity C-reactive protein. It's not just about the cholesterol and triglycerides. Oh my goodness, but it's never really going to go away, is it, Dr. Hoffman? All about the, the cholesterol. Triglycerides are important. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Alan, they shouldn't just be under 150, they should be under 100 yeah. triglycerides, optimally. Right. So there is that. Yeah, I mean, I just saw a guy who's 72, mm -hmm. and he has a pretty high cholesterol, 275. But uh, we tested him a few years ago, and he had a zero plaque score. So I said, you don't need to really go into statin. He's now at 72. He does have a score, but it's six. It's very low. Uh, That's not enough to do anything about. I mean, some doctors would pull the trigger on any calcium score. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, you know... It's almost there's a mania to put people on on statins, and I think mm -hmm. statins have a place for sure. And I urge people with risk and significant plaque to take statins. Yeah, but that's another subject entirely. Yeah, yeah. Alan, thank but you for that guy where he might yeah. consider 
Well, how old is this person? He's 76. 20 years ago, his plaque score was zero. Yeah. There is, you know, this kind of a controversy about whether people over 75 benefit from statins. It kind of depends on how long you plan to live, you know. And if you're 76 with a lot Say of, 30 more years. Well, that's then that's 30 years where more plaque could accumulate. Sure. You treat that person more like, you know, uh, 76 is the new 55. Right, 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 case, right, right, right. Know? 70s are the new 50s. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm uh, feeling that way. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Alan, thank you for that very, very thoughtful question. Good point at which to pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you. So here goes. Listen up. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They want to make Intelligent Medicine a free resource to you. And, you know, just talking about this um, business model of yeah. intelligent medicine. You know, it's, uh, there are various business models for podcasts. Podcasts have to monetize. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to monetize is to have, like, just millions of listeners and then just hand it over to, you know, the powers that be, YouTube or, you know, whatever yeah. uh, platform. And they insert their own ads. But then you have no control over what, the ads are. And I exactly. like to control over the content. Sure. And you can make a lot of money that way. I mean, yeah. if you have like a million subscribers, right. you can make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so uh, another way to, to make it possible, because there are expenses associated with production of this. Yeah. And I the money doesn't flow to me personally. The money is to the people who uh, do the technical stuff, the editing, the production, the website maintenance, uh, the posting, all the details uh, which keep this running. Mm -hmm. It's not like automatic. So there are expenses. So to defray those expenses, we need to have some sort of business model. The other business model is a subscription thing. Would people like for us to charge $10 a month for exclusive content that is advertising free. That is one business model. Hmm. However, I think that the ads that we have are, they're so consonant with my beliefs. I'm not mercenary about this. I don't just take anybody who's got a oh, I know. flash of bills at me. Uh, yeah. you know, nine out of 10 sponsors I reject. Yeah. So the ones that do make it to intelligence medicine, I actually am happy that we're communicating the story. About mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. so therefore, beneficial products. Therefore, uh, sponsorship, and you know, look. Frankly, a lot of devices have the opportunity to fast forward. You know, through the commercials. Okay, you want to do that? Fine, but you know, you may learn a thing or two from 
the messaging from our sponsors. Yes. Okay. End of... These are products we take ourselves and prescribe to our patients. Absolutely. End of commercial. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We've got a question from Jerry. I have a 32-year-old daughter who has IBS and is about 30 to 40 pounds overweight. She's tried everything possible to lose weight. Nothing seems to work. She's on Prozac for anxiety, IBS medication, we don't, we don't know which one, and has an IUD. Do you have any ideas that might help? Well, this involves a workup. Absolutely a workup. So this would be, you know, That's a, a person sitting across from us, mm-hmm. and we would ask a lot of questions. Now, yeah. uh, you know, we talk about IBS and overweight. Yes. Well, one of the ways to address IBS is with dietary restriction, which will result in weight Mm -hmm. loss. Yes. So we would have to work on diet at Mm -hmm. some level because Mm -hmm. diet is really an important aspect of IBS. Yeah. And do we have a dietary history in any way, shape, or form on this person? No. We don't. We do have that she's anxious and sometimes anxiety can lead to overeating or erratic eating. True. True. Prozac can sometimes uh, cause weight weight gain. uh, Many of the antidepressant medications uh, can cause some weight gain. I think the only one that maybe doesn't is Wellbutrin. Exactly. Right? And, you know, it's sort of interesting because I remember when the SSRIs were first introduced. Mm -hmm. uh, And there was a great excitement about them because everybody knew that a lot of the medications used for anxiety, the antidepressants, which were... Uh, the uh, uh, you know MAO inhibitors uh, uh-huh. and medications like Elevil, uh, these medications were associated with weight gain. Yeah, and so the the pitch when the SSRIs were developed was these will treat your anxiety and you will lose weight at the same time. Mm. That was the pitch, but it turns out that for most people the opposite is the case because they loosen restraints on eating. Yeah. Uh, anxiety and certain forms of depression make people eat less. And when you're, frankly, less anxious and depressed... Maybe you're going to eat more. You're going to eat more. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're a very emotional eater where the depression may make you eat more. But anxiety, yeah, typically... Yeah. I, I know very few nibblers who are anxious or their anxiety would cause them to nibble. Well, it's the scenario of like the male-female dichotomy is like... Women will say, my goodness, you're such a pig. How can you eat at such a time? And the male will say, ar, 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 I'm, I'm going to eat like a bacon cheeseburger. Right. It's like, you know, right. it's like, I'm so anxious that yeah, yeah. I'm going to. Right. Like, and the woman will just be indignant, like crossing arms, like, how can you eat at such a time? Because male men and women sometimes react differently True. to anxiety. True. Yeah. yeah. So, Jerry, this would require a workup for your daughter. And to address, you know, not just her diet history, her med- her medications, okay. her lifestyle. So, IBS yeah. and anxiety or depression, is there a relationship? Oh, absolutely there's a relationship because 90% Thank of serotonin is made in the gut. Thank you. Often people taking an antidepressant, even for IBS, have had some relief. Right. But the IBS and, and the mood, they, they gut, go hand in gut hand. Gut-brain axis. Absolutely. The microbiome, the vagus yeah. nerve. It's yeah. a two-way highway. Brain exactly. impacts intestine, and intestines impact brain. Absolutely. So maybe there is a gut connection to the mood in True. this case. True. Yeah. And Jerry, we would figure that out with your daughter. 
So the question is willingness, mm-hmm. and sometimes people who are anxious and depressed are, you know, they're just they just don't have the wherewithal to to enforce dietary uh, yeah. discipline. That's true. You know, unfortunately, and it could be that the Prozac is causing her to be hungrier than she would normally be. Yeah, that too. That's something that happens. Yeah, that's a reality mm-hmm. with many of those medications. Thank you for your question, Jerry. All right. Let's see here. We have a question from, I don't have a name. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I was diagnosed with layering sludge in my gallbladder, and I read that it can develop into stones. Mm -hmm. What caused this, and how can I get rid of it? Okay. Well, layering sludge. Layering sludge is, I mean, what that means is that the sludge has not yet coalesced into stones, mm-hmm. but it, either there's a higher likelihood. And what that results from generally is an incomplete um, emptying of the gallbladder and an accumulation of cholesterol and bile, yeah. which together form gallstones, yes. two substances. So, uh, you know, there are. Um, there's certainly dietary concomitants, and surprisingly, uh, a high-carb diet is more associated with gallbladder disease than a high-cholesterol diet. True, because so. a high-fat diet will cause that gallbladder to contract mm-hmm. and release the, quote, sludge, and let it do its job emulsifying the fats in the food, in the stomach, so we can digest and absorb. And there are certain herbs that actually help the liver excrete bile. They're called cholagogues, mm. like artichoke extract and mm-hmm. silmarin yeah. and bitters. Bitters. Uh, a bitter category, and this is known in traditional herbology. Uh, but uh, it is also possible that this is a person who has dieted frequently, because dieting itself can cause... Especially low-fat dieting can cause gallbladder issues. Right. Absolutely. Repeated dieting, yo-yo dieting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you're on and off, that can cause that pattern mm-hmm. of eating. Uh, there are microbiome uh, effects on bile circulation, because you want that bile to circulate nicely and stay out of the gallbladder. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, they, they say risk factors for gallbladder disease are, we learned this in medical school, mnemonic, the four Fs, fat, fertile, female, and fair. And fair. So fair Caucasian skin. women mm-hmm. who are uh, overweight mm-hmm. and have had multiple childbirths yeah. are more prone. But, you know, show me, you know, you know uh, single uh, African-American women who are thin who have gallbladder disease, Yeah, that absolutely can happen. Or men. Sure. Or men, you know. Sure. But statistically, mm-hmm. there is, those are some of the risk factors. I would add another one, which is constipation, because improper elimination can yield, yeah. uh, uh, you know, accumulation of bile and cholesterol in the mm-hmm. gallbladder. So constipation actually is a risk factor. Um, okay. So these are some things that we might address in a preventive program, but, you know, Sometimes it's too late to arrest the development of stones, and if stones ultimately develop, yeah, uh, to simple surgery. Now, there's this thing that is really an appealing idea, but I mm. don't think it works. It's the gallbladder flush. Oh, the right, gallbladder flush, where you lie on, a, yeah, you, you lie on your, I guess you lie on your right side or your left side. I don't know. To drain your gallbladder, and you take like Epsom salts, and your, and then you drink uh, lemon juice with. Uh, with uh, olive oil. You're drinking salad dressing. You're drinking salad dressing, exactly. 
and it's and you just wait and it's like you know and you and then you excrete supposedly the stones mm-hmm. and what you find very gratifyingly are these green blobs in your poop yeah and you go oh my god look at all this bile and all this stuff I'm excreting but actually what that is is, is kind of unprocessed globules of olive oil of olive oil right when you, when you uh, analyze these stones which actually some people have taken the pains to do they're not gallstones yeah. They're not gallstones. Yeah. So this is like a one of those, I think, popular... I mean, some people make it angry at me when I say this, but uh-huh. it's one of those um, popular... It's a, it's a myth that has never died. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it doesn't really work. I don't really think yeah. it works. Yeah. Now, adding more fat to your diet, as is what the olive oil is doing in this particular treatment, it will help your gallbladder to contract. So, but if you have stones, that's bad. That's true because yeah. that can cause then that could cause pain. Right. If you already have right. stones, it's, you, if you the don't stone have stones, will go into the narrow duct and it exactly. will cause an attack. Right. So that's why people who have gallstones are advised to go on a low-fat diet. Exactly. Which I know sounds counterintuitive, but here we are. It's to deflect the pain mm-hmm. more than but, anything. Uh, gallstones are highly associated with overweight and associated with yeah. metabolic syndrome. Yes. Too. You know, it's all part, yeah. like part of the same. Uh, constellation of problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there we go. All right. We have a question. Is, do, yeah. is there such a thing as a short question for the end of the show? There is not a short question here. Oh. These are involved. So, Dr. Hoffman, um, hmm. yeah, we, we're going to have to wait till next week. Great. So let me take the time, the yeah. moment to tell you to. Uh, Take advantage of everything Intelligent Medicine has to offer. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already are. Uh, you can also support our SOS campaign. It's our Save Our Supplements campaign because yes. now that they've cleared the budget, uh, the budget uh, deadlock, uh, they're going to turn their attention to other more prosaic matters, including restricting our access to supplements. They're always yeah. busily at work on that agenda, and so it's a really. Uh, an all-hands-on-deck moment. And I'm personally committed to doing everything I can to maintain our free access to supplements of our choice. Yeah. And that's why I'm involved with the Alliance for Natural Health. I'm actually now the president of the Alliance for Natural Health. You can support the Alliance for Natural Health, uh, and I will match your contributions up to a total of $5,000 by going to drhoffman.com slash A-N-H. Yes. DrHoffman.com slash A&H. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are grateful for the advice you get on this program or if you've experienced the benefits of natural medicine uh, or the benefits of supplements, I think it behooves you to give back a little uh, and participate yes. in a grassroots effort mm-hmm. to show that we're here and we're a big constituency of people who believe in natural medicine and we want yes. it to, we want it to uh, not be infringed upon mm-hmm. by the government. So I will echo Charlton Heston and by saying, uh, in my cold, dead hands will you pry this vitamin bottle. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's... Yeah. 
What is that? The uh, which mm-hmm. amendment is that? Is that? Uh, the, the Second Amendment. Okay. Yeah. No, but is there an amendment for vitamins? I think. We, oh, for vitamins. We need a constitutional great. amendment. We do. We right. do. Absolutely. The right to bear supplements. The right to bear supplements. Yes, indeed. Yes. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's end on that note. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, questions at drhoffman.net is the place for questions. We'll gather some more for next week, and we have a few left over from this week. We look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks, everybody. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 212- 779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.